0: Thanks for checking out this ProVest Perspective podcast. Short take. I grew up in the 60s. As long ago as that was, I still remember it with a fair degree of specificity. In the mid-60s, I was in my mid-teens. If someone mentioned what happened in the 1930s to me, had they done that, I had nowhere to go with it. I couldn't relate. They could just as well be have been talking about the Roman Empire as it was all the same to me. While I'm not as flippant about the 30s as I was back then, it still seems ancient to me. I still think of it as the time before Noel. <laughs> and then I think of kids in their mid-teens today. What must they think of the 1990s? Do they think of it as ancient times like I did of the 30s when I was their age? I bet so. Not long ago, my wife and I went to an upscale steakhouse in Greenville. We were served by a delightful 24-year-old waitress. When my wife ordered dessert, the waitress said it gets better the more one anticipates getting it. Then I mentioned the song Anticipation by Carly Simon from the 70s. She looked at me with a quizzical look on her face and told me she had never heard of Carl Simon. And that song is over 50 years old now. When I was in my mid-twenties, when that song was released, would I have known the music from 50 years before in the 1920s? No, absolutely not. I know the music from that era was dominated by music one could dance a Charleston to. That decade was known as the Roaring Twenties. But I have no more connection to that music now as I did when I was in my teens and twenties. I remember that some of the people that were the age I am now back then would tell me how much better their music was than the music I was listening to in the 60s and 70s. I remember my mother, after hearing a song I liked back then, telling me, boy, they really scraped the bottom of the barrel to come up with that one. That meant she thought that music could go no further. Every piece of good music that could be composed had been composed. And my mother was a professional singer, singing with a big band in the 30s. So to me, she had credibility, but she was wrong. She may not have liked the music from my era, preferring the music she grew up with, but the music industry has continued to grow and prosper as it always will. Like music, investments and our understanding of them changes over time. As a person, my taste in music has evolved over the years. As a young man, I loved the music of Bob Seger, Stephen Wolf, and just about all the Motown artists. Today, I like Christian contemporary artists like Zach Williams and We the Kingdom. When I was a young financial advisor in the 80s, I was a buy-and-hold guy. The only thing I could tell my clients after the crash on October the 19th, 1987, was just to hang in there. It'll come back. And it did, at least for the people who held on. But that hang-in-there speech was not very comforting to folks who had just seen their $500,000 portfolio sink to $400,000. That linear thinking we humans tend to have kicked into high gear back then, pretty much the same as it does today. Buy-and-hold investing really does work, if given enough time. But the pain many folks feel when going through the downtimes is so great that they cannot stay invested long enough to get the comeback after a long and devastating market loss. So, they pull their money out of the stock market, making their temporary loss permanent. I guess we all think the music of our youth is the best music that ever was. We remember it with a fondness and a nostalgia that may not portray the true quality of the music when put into context. But it's what we like. We can be much the same way when it comes to the investments we like. We may love the feel of that gold Kruger in our hand or those silver eagles. We may love having that portfolio of real estate or trying to find the perfect index annuity. But unlike music, where the quality of what we like is completely subjective, the return we get on our investments can be measured. We can compare the return on our favorite investments with the return others have gotten on theirs. The biggest problem though, with measuring the returns on our investments versus the returns on other investments is that different time frames yield different results we have to be careful to take that into account you can pick any investment you want but if you let me pick the dates to buy and sell that investment i can show you that the investment you picked out is terrible and will lose money or i can show you that it's the best investment there is And that's all just by letting me choose the buy and sell dates. It all boils down to who you choose to give you counsel. Some people like keeping their own counsel, and I understand that. Some choose to hire a financial advisor. If you're the type to hire a financial advisor, here are some traits you may want to consider before hiring one. Does he have any educational credentials? If he has a CLU designation, he will have extra knowledge concerning life insurance and the subject that surrounds it. If he has the CFP designation, he will have superior knowledge concerning financial planning. If he has a CFA designation, he will be more knowledgeable about investment analytics. Then there are other designations that are all good, but not quite so hard to get. The next thing to look for is experience. How long has this advisor you're considering been on the job? Though it's not always this way, less experience normally equates into less knowledge of his subject. Finally, when you're in the first interview, see if he is a product-driven or a process-driven advisor. Does he quickly launch into a presentation of a financial product, or does he take time to find out what the issues are that you're there to talk about? Hint, (laughs) you want the process guy, not the product guy. We here at Provest are here to help guide you through a process to find out exactly what issues you have, which ones you want solved, and then help you build the roadmap to get you where you want to go. If that sounds good to you, call me, Noel Swain, at 800 277 0025. I'm Noel B. Swain, CFP, and that's today's Provest Short Take. <music> Make sure to subscribe to the ProVest Perspective Podcast so you never miss an episode. These are the opinions of Noel Swain CFP and not necessarily those of Cambridge and are for informational purposes only. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer, member FINRA-SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. ProVest Wealth Advisors in Cambridge are not affiliated. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Investing in Involves risk. Depending on the type of investments, there may be varying degrees of risk. Investors should be prepared to bear loss, including total loss of principal.